Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is December 1st. Happy December, everyone. As we begin this month that is really all about focusing on the Savior and drawing closer to Him as we remember His humble birth, I just wanted to give you a small challenge this month. It goes along with what we were reading and talking about yesterday in Doctrine and Covenants section 138. If you'll remember, Joseph F. Smith was taking some time and he was pondering. And in verse two, he says, and reflecting upon the great atoning sacrifice that was made by the son of God for the redemption of the world. So my challenge to you as we begin this month where we celebrate Christ is to take time every single day to do what President Joseph F. Smith did, to take time every day to reflect upon the great atoning sacrifice that was made by the Son of God. Because if it weren't for that sacrifice, if it weren't for his atonement and his triumphant resurrection, then his birth would have been any old birth. He would have been like any other infant born. But he wasn't any other infant. He was the Son of God with the purpose of coming and fulfilling that great atoning sacrifice and rising triumphantly from the grave so that you and I could have that same triumphant rise from the grave someday and experience salvation that comes only because and through his atoning sacrifice. So that's my challenge for you. And before we move on completely from this idea of pondering and reflecting, I wanted to talk about one other principle of scripture study. Here, when you're reading this, he says he's pondering over the scriptures and he's reflecting upon all these different things. And then in verse five, he says, while I was thus engaged, my mind was reverted to the writings of the apostle Peter, to the primitive saints scattered abroad. Now, what I love about this is oftentimes when we think of scripture study, we don't feel like we're engaged unless we are actively reading. I know I do that. Sometimes I feel guilty because I let my mind kind of go other places. Now, I'm not talking, thinking about your favorite show while you're reading the scriptures. That's not what I mean. But sometimes we're reading and we're letting our minds go to other scriptures or other principles. And I think that that's important. From what we see here, it doesn't seem like President Joseph F. Smith was actively reading when this all happened. Rather, it seems like he was in front of his scriptures, he was reading a little bit, he was thinking a little bit, he was reflecting, and then that process allowed his mind to think back to another scripture. And thinking upon that scripture was what was able to allow for this vision to happen and allow for more revelation to come into his life. I know that that's how it happens for me. I can read a verse, but that verse will take me to another verse, and pretty soon, I am 20 minutes into a scripture study and I've only read one sentence. So I don't think that we should be so focused on how many verses we're reading or how many chapters we're reading. Rather, what are we getting out of those verses and out of those chapters? Are we being engaged in the study rather than just checking off words on a page? Elder Christofferson in one of my favorite talks of all time called When Thou Art Converted said, when I say study, I mean something more than reading. I see you sometimes reading a few verses, stopping to ponder them, carefully reading the verses again, and as you think about what they mean, praying for understanding, asking questions in your mind, waiting for spiritual impressions, 
and writing down the impressions and insights that come so you can remember and learn more. Now, my friends, it's true that is not a way to get through the standard works quickly, but it's a way to get the standard works into you quickly. It's the engaged study that allows for those principles to sink deeply into our hearts and to become part of our very being. So here, Joseph F. Smith has his mind recall some scriptures in the first epistle of Peter, and it quotes those verses. He says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now, I love that phrase, the just for the unjust. He was just. He was righteous. He was perfect. And yet he suffered all the injustice, all the imperfections for those of us who sin, who make mistakes, who are weak. He was just, but he suffered for the unjust. And then you know me, I love the word that. It tells us why he did something. The just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Everything that he did, everything that he taught, the example that he set, and most importantly, that great atoning sacrifice that started in Gethsemane and ended that first Easter morning. All that he did was for the purpose of bringing us to God. How incredible is that? I love it. It says that he was put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the spirit. And then in verse eight, it says, by which also he went, meaning because he was put to death in the spirit, because he no longer had a body, he was then able to go and preach unto the spirits in prison. I absolutely love this doctrine here because I remember one time on my mission, we were just walking through the streets. We came across a guy, we said, hi. And he said, hey, you're missionaries, right? And I said, yeah, we're missionaries. And he said, I have a question for you. And I've asked so many people and no one can tell me the answer. It's like, all right, shoot, let's hear it. And he said, what was Jesus's spirit doing while his body rested in the tomb? Because he said when he was resurrected, touch me not for I have not yet ascended unto my father. So if he wasn't with the father, where was he? And a big old smile crossed my face. And I said, I know the answer to that. And I explained it. And he was so excited so excited to finally have this answer that he had been looking for, not understanding. And then continuing in verse nine, speaking of these spirits in prison, it says, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls were saved by water. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. Now, I love this because we all know the story of Noah's ark. We know that Noah built the ark. He and his wife and his three sons and their spouses were on the ark. And everyone else was so wicked that it's almost like Heavenly Father had to have a reset button for the world. Some people look at this as cruel. Some people look at it as vengeful. But my friends, it is none of those things. It was nothing but merciful. In their current state on the earth, there was nothing that these people could do, and there was nothing that could be preached to them that was going to bring them back to God. And so a few souls were saved, just eight souls. Everyone else died. But then look what happens in verse 10. For this cause, because of these wicked who die, because of those who won't accept the gospel in this life, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. 
It is our Heavenly Father's last ditch attempt to teach his children, to save his children. The flood didn't happen because he had given up on his children. The flood happened because he was doing everything in his power to reach them and to save them. Now, the beautiful part about this is out of the entire world at the time, it says few souls were saved, only eight, which was a tiny, tiny minority of all the souls that were saved. But my friends, if we need baptism, which is what the flood was a representation of, right? If we need baptism in order to receive exaltation, then it's a very small minority of God's children on the earth today that receive that exaltation, that are baptized here in the flesh while on earth. A very small percentage, only a few. But my friends, therein lies the power of the doctrine that Joseph F. Smith is learning here. The doctrine that our education doesn't end when we die. Our doctrine that our agency doesn't end at death. The doctrine that God can save all of his children through vicarious work for the dead. So yes, missionary work and baptizing people here is important. Of course it is. But just as important is reaching those who aren't part of the few, who aren't part of the minority, finding the names and taking them to the temple and getting that vicarious work done for them so that they too can rejoice in the atonement of Jesus Christ and receive the exaltation that our Father in heaven is fighting to give them. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.